Welcome back to another insightful podcast episode on learning with Lindo. I would love to express my most heartfelt gratitude for all the podcast listens, the subscribers, the follows, and the shares on every platform. Before we get into today's topic, I thought I should address a recurring question which I've been challenged with since the inception of this podcast channel. A number of people have been asking why I use the word disabilities or disability when talking about these challenges. This is a valid and a reasonable question, so I'm going to attempt to answer it in the most sensible way possible. Well, apart from the fact that the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders classifies these challenges as specific learning disabilities and that that is the formal and professional terms to use, I personally was very deliberate in the use of it. Because if we're going to destigmatize things such as learning disabilities, mental illness, HIV and AIDS and all other issues, we'll have to start with the very negative connotations that we attach to the vocabulary linked to these issues. The mere fact that we question the use of certain words that describe other people's differences should be worrisome. When we destigmatize things, we accept that they are part of life. People with disabilities are people within our society, and they're people. We can only accept and understand each other when we remove the negative connotations surrounding these words. My plea is that we do not water things down or try and sound politically correct. This is not a challenge, it's not a problem, it's not a disorder, it's a disability, a learning disability, and that's what it is. So now that we're past that, our focus for this week is dysgraphia, a brain-based learning disability that affects writing, literally the physical act of writing. Dysgraphia is a neurological disorder of written expression that weakens writing ability and fine motor skills. The actual word dysgraphia comes from the Greek word dis, meaning impaired, and graphia, meaning making letter forms by hand. It affects children and adults and interferes with practically all aspects of the writing process, which includes spelling, legibility or readability, word spacing, word sizing, and expression. This set of skill is called transcription, which means to write or print. For many children with dysgraphia, just holding a pencil and organizing letters on a straight line is really hard work, and their handwriting tends to be messy. This is not because of coordination issues, but because they might struggle to spell or put their thoughts down on paper in a logical way. Different professionals may use different terms to describe your, struggle, your child's struggle with writing. The Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders doesn't use the term dysgraphia anymore, but they use the phrase, an impairment in written expression. This is under the category of specific learning disorders. This term is used by doctors and psychologists. Well, whatever definition is used, it is important to understand that slow or sloppy writing isn't necessarily a sign that your child isn't trying hard enough. Writing requires a complex set of fine motor and language processing skills, 
And for kids with dysgraphia, the writing process is harder and much more slower. Without help, a child with dysgraphia may have a very difficult time in school. There may be confusion about where to start writing their letter, which direction to go, and even where to start changing the direction when doing your curves, like in the letters C or S. So you'll find a child writing one letter in different ways and also struggling to remember the direction of a curve that the letter should make. Remember, children with dysgraphia are picture thinkers. So in some cases, when they are trying to remember the letter, they take pictures in their minds. They take pictures of what the letter should look like. And every time someone writes a letter on the board, they record it in their picture memory. The confusion then comes up when they don't know which picture should they should use because they've recorded multiple mental images for the same letter. So you know those charts that we use, the letter, letter association pictures, the ones that have A for apple, B for ball, K for cat, D for dog, E for elephant? Yeah, those ones. Well... They act as some form of aid for children with dysgraphia, but the problem arises when each letter is associated with different pictures that they cannot distinguish the multiple associations to each letter. So they may be very slow and very unsure when writing. The lines may even have squiggles or waves because of the mental indecision that is going on. And they'll also often erase a lot or start afresh because of the constant errors in writing. Now that we know what dysgraphia is, we're going to look at the telltale signs and symptoms of it. An individual with dysgraphia will exhibit some or all of the symptoms that I'm about to mention. So they'll have trouble forming written letter shapes. They'll have a tight or awkward, painful grip or a posture when holding their pen or pencil. They'll also have difficulty following a line or staying within the margins of a page. They'll struggle with sentence structure or the following of rules of grammar when writing but not when speaking. They'll also have difficulty organizing or articulating their thoughts on paper. And there'll be a huge, a huge pronounced difference between spoken word and their written understanding of a topic. So I once worked with a girl who had dysgraphia and when she wrote even just her name, it would be as if she's guessing the alphabets and how to form them. And she came across as very confused and it seemed as though she was confused by the associations that the letters had. So when I would spell a word for her, let's take for example, bat, and then I would say bat, uh, and then to further guide her by suggest suggestions, I would say B for boy. And then obviously you should try, you know, look for the word, for the letter. A for apple and T for talking Tom. She would then ask me if it's the same B as the one for ball or the same B as the one for banana. 
She also held her pencil or her pen very tightly and would often look like she's sleeping on the page. You know that position when children almost look like they're sleeping on the page when she was writing because her face would be completely flat on the desk. That means her posture was also affected because she was not sitting upright and her book would be turned at a 90 degree angle. This little girl also struggled with spacing letters correctly on the page. Her work looked squashed and cramped up. And for this challenge that she faced, I would use ice cream sticks to remind her to leave a space after each word. She also struggled to write in a straight line and needed a textured paper to help her stay on the line. So I would take a pencil and harden her blue lines on the page and her margin too. She would mix up the uppercase uh, and lowercase letters in one word. And some of the other challenges she had was that she would hold the paper with one hand while writing with the other hand, almost as if she's trying to make sure that the paper doesn't move by exerting a lot of pressure on it. Because of all these symptoms, such as trouble forming letters, it can make it very hard for uh, children with dysgraphia to spell. So that's why many kids with dysgraphia are poor spellers or are labeled as poor spellers. They They may also write very slowly, which can affect how well they can express themselves in writing. Dysgraphia symptoms will typically change over time. Children with dysgraphia Uh, will generally have trouble with the mechanics of writing and exhibit other fine motor impairments, while dysgraphia in adolescents and adults will manifest as difficulties with grammar, their syntax, the sentence order, comprehension, and generally just putting their thoughts on paper. You're probably wondering, what are the causes of uh, dysgraphia? We've already established that dysgraphia being a neurological issue means that it stems from the brain. It is commonly thought of in the following ways. So there's one, acquired dysgraphia, which is associated with brain injury, a disease or a degenerative condition that can cause a person, which is typically an adult, to lose their previously acquired skill in writing. And the second and last one is developmental dysgraphia, which refers to difficulties in acquiring writing skills. This type of dysgraphia is most commonly considered in childhood and the causes for developmental dysgraphia are unknown. But research has identified several reasons that correspond to certain neurological mechanisms. So just like all the other learning difficulties that were spoken of previously, dysgraphia is not a consequence of an individual's actions. It's purely neurological. It's purely genetic, really. So our next point is to find out how dysgraphia is diagnosed. Dysgraphia is typically diagnosed by a licensed educational psychologist who specializes in learning disorders. They use school reports, psychoeducational measures, a review of the individual's developmental, their medical and standardized writing assessments and also the family history to determine a diagnosis. Tests for dysgraphia will typically include a writing component, uh, which is simply copying out sentences or writing brief essay questions, as well as a few fine motor components that test the individual's reflexes and their motor speed.
what are the treatment options for dyslexia so what can you do where can you go dysgraphia and other learning disorders are lifelong conditions they have no cure the treatment for dysgraphia focuses on interventions accommodations and special services to circumvent writing related tasks and to improve writing abilities given the nature of dysgraphia attempts at remediating or saying that a child needs more practice that alone on its own is not enough accommodations and other modifications are necessary to successfully manage the condition so we're not there's no cure we're managing the condition so that people can learn to live with it to be functional in society students with learning disorders like dysgraphia are eligible for special services or special accommodations in the classroom such as they can be allowed to use larger pencils with a special grip or a different type of writing instrument they are allowed to use papers with raised lines to help them with the margins they are also permitted to ask for extra time on writing related assessments and assignments and tasks they are allowed alternative methods to showcase their learning and their work like oral or recorded responses and the use of assistive electronic techno- uh, technologies like voice to text apps that use uh, dictation they can also be given a copy of material that would have been given in class prior to that class finally in the digital age handwriting is an important skill it's necessary for success in the classroom and beyond with dysgraphia the mechanics of writing and other foundational writing skills are very difficult which makes a student more likely to fall behind their peers without the without the learning disorder writing problems are also associated with persistent academic struggles and low self perception low self esteem which can persist to adulthood what's more the act of writing often helps the brain remember and organize and process information so you'll find that a lot of people when they're studying i had a friend in varsity uh who would when we studied in the library she would rewrite sort of like rewrite the entire textbooks um and that's essentially how she learned and that's the kind of learner that she was i on the other hand was more of a listener so everything that came to me simplified in an audio i would probably get and be able to know um regurgitate <laughs> or explain in my own words rather um so when the physical act of writing is incredibly challenging a child can't effectively show what they know so a student with dysgraphia may fail an exam simply because they just can't translate their thoughts and answers into paper but they actually have the 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 thoughts and the answers in their head and they can probably explain them verbally and no parent wants that no child should ever have to go through that frustration so above all the ways that you can help your child one is especially important and this is to show your child that you're there to help and to give them the right type of praise build their self esteem and their confidence it can also help your child to stay motivated to want to work on their writing skills well 
We've come to the end of this week's episode of Learning with Lindo. And I hope, like always, that you've taken some enlightenment and found this very informative. Don't forget to like and follow our Facebook page and drop us a private message if you've got any questions or comments. I'm always open and willing to engage on on the different topics discussed. Thank you for listening and see you next Thursday.